In improvisational theatre, there's an adage that says make your partner look good. In leadership and business relationships, this means you can make personal interactions a win-win situation for both you and your colleagues. Welcome to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Speaking with guests and listeners like you, Amy uses her wisdom and wit, leading you along the road to success. Now, here's your host, Amy Carroll. Welcome, everyone, to Partner Up with Amy Carroll, my podcast channel. As a communication coach, trainer, speaker, and author, I am delighted to bring you insights and ideas to help you solve your communication conundrums. Now, I started off on the VA channel, the Voice America business channel, presenting weekly, doing a radio show. And it was a great opportunity, especially at the start of the pandemic when work just like tanked off, I had plenty of time, and it was all a wonderful experience. Well, now that uh, things have caught back on and my agenda is bursting at the seams, I'm really happy to get to switch to monthly podcasts. And since I'm not going to be doing it as often, I'm also particularly delighted to be able to speak to the people I've got lined up, um, in particular, my first guest today, and more on her in a moment. Uh, This is the first official episode of my podcast series, and if you want to find out more about me, what the previous guests were like on my radio show, you can go check that out on my website, carolcoaching.com, or go directly to the Voice America business channel. You can download the app or just tune in using your favorite podcast app. Now, today, my guest is Bella Evers. Welcome, Bella. Hello, Amy. Thank you for having me. You know, uh, listeners, you're going to want to know that Bella is a sustainability digital transformation consultant, startup innovation coach, and get this one, because this is what we're going to take a deep dive on, an Atlantic Ocean rower. She's also a speaker and a motivational mentor. And I got in touch with Bella through an amazing friend that we share in common, Natasha Konstantinova. And Natasha is a crisis communications expert. In fact, she was on my radio show uh, last year. So if you want to find out more about Natasha, you can check out that episode. And Bella, so this is what I find particularly impressive, listeners. At the age of 52, Bella rode, let me say that as in R-O-W-E-D, rode as in with oars. Yes, with the arms, people, 3,000 miles across the Atlantic Ocean from the Canary Islands to the Caribbean. At least you chose a really nice destination that helped. (laughs) We're almost there. Yeah, that was the incentive. (laughs) And she did this together with three other teammates. The team was called Duchess of the Sea from the Netherlands. They rode nonstop in shifts of two hours on, two hours off, taking part in the Talisker Whiskey Atlantic Challenge. Did I say that right? Because Yes, you did. I had to practice that a couple of times <laughs> to make my mouth work correctly. It was no ordinary feat. In their small pink rowing boat, they were faced with seasickness, sores, blisters, exhaustion, huge waves, and plenty of other setbacks. Bella tells me the lows were big, although the lessons were even bigger. And we're going to jump into some of those. She's described this as a life-changing journey, 
which highlighted themes such as resilience, motivation, fear, teamwork, and more. Luckily, the nature got them through the tough times. It was a hard slog, yet with their focus and determination, they managed to cross the Atlantic in 54 days and 20 hours. It, it's really, I, I have multiple questions, Bella. How, first of all, how long ago did you do this? Well, actually, we arrived on land in Antigua in the morning of the 5th of February, so exactly a year ago. Wow. Uh, yes, so I'm kind of looking back uh, through my memory lane. Uh, this time last year, we were approaching land. So we actually set off from the Canary Islands in December 2020 and arrived on land eight weeks later. Wow. So not so long ago. Still fresh. Oh, I can imagine. All right. Well, we, I really want to dive into this. And I have a, a bunch of questions that back my mind. And if you want to go off on any tangents, feel free. Okay. I, I, I guess I, I want to start with what motivated you and inspired you to undertake such an adventure? It was actually uh, reading about a team that did this uh, a few years back. And it kind of stirred something in the back of my mind, like, wow, uh, how on earth? This is amazing. I mean, how cool is that? Uh, I was actually a rower, uh, a rower on the river. So I just started okay. like about a year and I thought, oh, wow, this is like the next level. You'd only been rowing for a year? Yeah, only about a year, a year and a half, okay. not even that. So it kind of ins inspired me, but also made me really curious about how on earth is this possible? Uh, there were four normal ladies that did this. And I thought, wow, if you know they can do it, I'm sure I should be able to do it as well. So I went looking for a coastal rowing uh, club, which I did. So I joined. So that evening, I was just like Googling, like, how? You know, I just like curious. Uh, but that didn't take you across the ocean. There's kind of coastal rowing here at the coast right. from uh, the Netherlands. Uh, and then uh, a friend approached me and she says, we're going to row across the Atlantic. We're looking for a teammate. Is that something that you'd want to do? It's like, that was my objective, but just, you know, one plus one was three at that moment. It was just like an energy. It was just the right time, the right place. And mm. it was a big yes. I mean, like, how often do you get that opportunity? Right? Yeah. So And talk about it. synchronicity. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was just like, yeah, you want to focus on something to do and you take that path and... The path leads you places. Unbelievable. Wow. I'm a big fan of, um, I have this approach when I want something or I want to attract something to me, I talk about it. I don't necessarily take a lot of other different actions. I just have this habit of mentioning it to people and having conversations about it. And often that has been the a catalyst to triggering other connections. So isn't it fascinating that you were so crystal clear that you wanted something like this and then it just dropped in your lap? Amazing. And right at the right time in my life. I mean, it could be that you couldn't go. I mean, I've got three kids, but they're grown up. So it was the right time, the right place. You know, I mean, 52 at that age, uh, I, I, I took on that challenge. And it's like, I am fit now. So why not? You know, life is right. too short. Literally it is. I mean, yeah. Um, so take the opportunity while it's there. You know, something I, are you familiar with improvisational theater? A little bit. So I do a lot of improv and one of the tenets of improv is say yes. Um, even when you may not know 
or especially if you don't know all the specifics, all the details, you don't may not know the how, though the saying yes is such an important part of it. And it um, it has served me so well in my life. And when I'm listening to you now, for me, that's a complete improv attitude saying yes to this opportunity, even though you didn't probably have many of the details. Exactly. I mean, uh, you couldn't even comprehend what it would be like. I mean, yeah. even at that stage, there's still that kind of little niggles in your head, like, you know, can you do this? Aren't you scared? Uh, you know, a little bit like claustrophobic in those little cabins. I mean, there is kind of a reluctance, but you you are, I, I was actually curious from it and I thought, well, say yes, because I know that will push me yeah. beyond my boundaries and uh, yeah, it will help you enrich your life. You'll only learn from it, if nothing else. <laughs> nothing so, else. <laughs> I'll learn a lot. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I'm to, I, I'm a total believer in saying yes to, to, mm-hmm. to things that even encourage you to step a little bit out of that zone and uh, right. to discover new avenues and be curious. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that also inspired me to to do this. It's also the curiosity around it all. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. I um, about 18, 20 years ago now, a good friend of mine said, hey, Amy, do you want to come watch my husband uh, in this ski race marathon, cross country ski race? I said, yeah, sure. And at the end of the race, after we'd watched him for several hours and we'd seen about 12,000 other people go by of all ages and physical fitness and, and shape and size. And she said, Amy, we should do this next year. Now, Bella, if she had said that to me three days before we got to the race, I'd be like, you're crazy, girl. And because I saw those other 12,000 people, kind of like you, you saw those women who'd done it and you said, well, maybe. So there's something also behind uh, when we get giving us that courage or that confidence or, or the inspiration to say yes, when we know other people have done it as well. Yeah, it, it gives you that sense of uh, that the pudding has been proven in that yeah. sense. So, <laughs> if, you know, it, it's like a reference point. So, yeah, it, it encourages you to do it. So I think inspiration triggers inspiration. Uh, it's just That's like a, great, a, it's, like a, it. a it, it's a catalyst in that sense. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, by doing this even for, for myself, I mean, it's uh, inspiring okay. Uh, also others so you know it's it's just it's just a catalyst and it's wonderful it's it's a beautiful energy yeah I can imagine I I guess what I'm now interested in because you started mentioning about yes you were curious though you're also wondering how will I be claustrophobic and all these different questions going on in your mind how do you prepare for something like that mentally it's uh Crazy. I mean, there's no uh, reference point in that sense. I mean, you can only hear the stories, read about it, uh, do a little bit of research, but uh, mentally you you just don't know how you're going to react on that boat when, you know, I'd say the S hits the fan. Um, <laughs> so it's really like you have to prepare yourself as much as you can. Um, so we had a, actually a mental trainer uh, who coached us to mm. – well, with, even about for things like teamwork, you know, mm-hmm. going through the the, the the forming, storming, norming, you know, just like, uh, and just to understand each other's capabilities and working as a team, but also, you know, trying to picture scenarios in your mind, like how would you react if, and how would the mm-hmm. other person react if, uh, and to see things from a very high level perspective from a bird's eye point of view. 
Um, and, and by that way, we actually started to build our own little guidebooks about ourselves. So we knew that, you know, uh, if we build our guidebook, that the other person knows how to handle us uh, or the individual at that moment. Build so, your guidebook. So what, yeah. what did that mean for you, building your guidebook? So it's like, you know, how would you like to be treated when you're demotivated or uh-huh. how can I help you when you're missing home? So these questions are, arose. So it's like, you know, you're building a kind of a, uh, yeah, a, a book about yourself, about yeah. how you'd like to be handled. So okay, it becomes okay. easier for the other person. It's like, you know, if someone says, you know, Your operating system. Yeah, operating system, basically, yeah. And, and that actually helps because, you know, uh, some people might want like five, ten minutes of peace and quiet yeah. from everybody. So you respect that and you understand that person's behavior at that Bella, moment. Bella, yeah. pe- people should be doing this when they get married. Exactly. <laughs> I think we've got something here. We could yeah. teach couples a course of building their own operating system and sharing it with their partner. This is like our wedding gifts to future newlyweds. That would be awesome. I mean, if I'd known that, I would have done that exercise like 25, 26 years ago with my partner. But uh, I mean, those operating systems also need upgrading as well. True. So, <laughs> so it is like that in a sense. I, I like that kind of uh, analogy. So, yeah, it, it is like a, an operating system. Um, but obviously at that moment, things do change. There are different dynamics. You have to be agile and mm-hmm. you have to look at it from uh, yeah, a case-by-case basis. But you have the general kind of knowledge about a person and how they react. I mean, I knew one person and we got I got to know the other two crew members. Uh, so we got to know each other over a period of maybe 20 months before the, the race starts. Nice. Um, so, you know, it's enough time to get to know each other and to have different dynamics. I mean, there were times, you know, uh, when there were miscommunications or, you know, we just to understand how the other one operates, uh, to even see sometimes the, the storming happen and to understand, yeah. you know, what, what that, you know, what was the cause of it and how would one overcome that? And, to understand again, you know, the situation. And then in, 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 uh, on the sea, you would hope that, you know, you would have handled it by then. So you start getting to that norming situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it was an, an interesting 20 months, just preparation, teamwork, uh, mental preparation. It's, it's so important. I mean, like I said, you, you can prepare as much as you want, but you really do not know what will happen on that boat. The moment right. you set off from land, I mean, right. you can prepare as much as you like, but, the situation on sea was like so unique. Uh, you know, you're tired, you're frustrated, or you might be hungry, you might be missing home. Yeah. And you can't, you, even though you try and train and, and picture those scenarios, you can't train for those kind of things. It's, it's impossible. So it really is a matter of go with the flow mm-hmm. um, and prepare as much as you can and more you can't do. Uh, yeah, and, and take it as like, you know, a lesson in that sense to learn from it as well and, and grow from it. Yeah. It's very enriching, yeah. So I, I want to get into more of those learnings and grow things a little bit later, though I still want to um, talk more about, I'm going to guess that there were some challenges for you to even get to the start line other than the mental preparation. What were some of those? Yeah, besides mental, uh, physical, absolutely. I mean, uh, we trained. I kind of started like four or five hours a week uh, going on 
12, 14 hours a week. And were uh, you just on a rowing machine or? Everything from mm-hmm. weights to conditional training, uh, cardio, cycling, running. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I have a kind of a, a sport attitude, so I love sport anyway. So it kind of complemented my, uh, my interests. Um, so you just up the game each time. Um, yeah. Didn't have a trainer, personal trainer. So we kind of trained ourselves in that sense, but it was mm-hmm. fine. And I was also a rower. So we also had to do a minimal amount of hours from the race organization before we actually get, before we actually got to the start line. We had to do, what do you mean? 120 rowing hours on, on sea before starting. So you each have to one of you. Yeah. So as a team, 120 as hours team. as a team. Yep. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So we had to do that as a minimum. Um, mm-hmm. so we had to prepare physically. Um, yeah. unfortunately for me, I had a hernia operation eight months before oh, gosh. the departure date. So, uh, and it was during COVID. So there were no operations taking place. Right. So I was pushed through. I was really grateful for my doctor to give me that preferential treatment, even though, you know, the, the pandemic was going on. Uh, and I decided to take that operation knowing, or should I say not knowing if I would, re- how well I would recover. Yeah. So that's also something to get through. And I had pretty, you know, down days thinking, you know, will I recover on time? It took me about three months, three and a half months to recover so I stopped training for a total of like yeah 12 14 weeks oh wow then I started to increase my training from five Mm -hmm. minutes a day to 10 to 20 to 30 (sighs) and in 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 the period of about three to four months three months before departure then I started to increase my my training Mm -hmm. and I didn't have that much time and you know it was a bit of you know touch and go whether or not I'd make it on time um but it's amazing again it's to do with focus and yeah. also trusting your body to let let it heal yeah uh, and I tell you I you know you need so much patience and that was so difficult for me right knowing that you've got this race like where you're going to be right. rowing 12 hours a day and there you are six months before not being able to do anything. It's well, a matter of trust. and Yeah. Time. What I'm hearing is you were doing exactly what your body needed you to do, which yeah. was technically nothing, though it was, it was investment in healing and recovery. Yes. Um, and that's, it's such a non-action thing for someone. Who, I can imagine how active you must be um, and how challenging that was. Yeah, so that was the physical side of it. So in terms of preparation, um, uh, let, but we let, also, me, yeah. let me ask you something. I heard, and this may not be your case because you of this extra challenge you had with the surgery and the recovering recovery. Um, I have heard that um, acrobats, those people that fly in the sky at the circuses mm-hmm. <laughs> and do you know kind of crazy things and that when they train with each other, they train at 100%. And when they perform, they perform at 80%. And it, and it makes sense, right? Because the level of confidence and certainty and surety, okay, like, all right, we, we know what we're capable of. And today we're, we're aiming below that. Um, and I guess that's good enough for the audiences. Was there ever anything like that thinking in your head with, for yourself or with your team? 
No, not so much on that level. I mean, you know that you have to perform 100%, um, but you can't give it 100% from day one. So this is really endurance at its max. Yeah, and and then maybe the example of the... 80 100 is is not for an endurance sport it's for a you know a, yeah for like that so yeah, yeah it may sure, not apply sure. here yeah yeah so, so it's different I, yeah, in that ahead. sense so yeah um but yeah it is total endurance uh mm-hmm. i mean 12 hours a day for 50 nearly 55 days uh, non-stop it's like yeah you have to keep that pace going all the time i mean you could be feeling low or having pains and sores, but you know, you, you just keep on going. Well, let's go into some details now about the routine on board. And, um, cause I know you said two hours on two hours off. Now you're saying 12 hours in a 24 hour cycle. So pick, uh, paint a picture for us. I, I can do I just, just coming back to just finishing off the last question. Okay. Uh, the, uh, the pandemic, uh, oh, yes. uh, that was also a big, big thing to get through, but for, before the start line, um, oh. we had, to uh, raise funds as well. We were raising uh, money for two charities for Plastic Soup Foundation and ALS. Uh, and it wasn't even certain that the race would go even ahead. So we were in this complete turmoil of doubt and self-doubt, not only uh, with, with COVID and wow. getting enough sponsorship and would the race organization, you know, go ahead with the race. We just kept on going. Uh, we didn't stop. And, you know, just to get to the start line, they say, is the biggest thing uh, ever. I mean, even just to get to the start line is, is a bigger feat than the, the race itself. That's what they say. Isn't that amazing? It's, yeah. I mean, it was, and especially with COVID, physical right. and mental preparation. Right. And you also have the training, you got to learn how to do um, sea navigation and uh, first aid on sea and you know, I mean, you've got to know your kit. You've got to uh, buy a boat. There's, there's so much involved. And that was a full-time job next to your, your work. Um, so you have uh, the, the whole challenge, not knowing if it's going ahead. Just keep on going and then just hoping for the best. And uh, we were so grateful to get to the start line. Uh, it did go ahead. Uh, there are only half the amount of teams that had who had wow. uh, subscribed to, to, to join actually made it to the start line. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did it. And yeah. again, we were like totally blessed. So, so amazing just to get to the start line. And then you set off and then you go into that routine. That and you bef- were before we talk about the routine, did you know already that about what you're saying now about getting to the start is, a, you know, one of the most essential um, pieces or the the most challenging pieces. Did you already know that mentally? Yes, yes. They, okay, that they, probably they, really helped. Like, <gasps> yeah, but then having the pandemic didn't help because that was another challenge on top exactly. of the, the, the challenge. So yeah. we had uh, so much going against us uh, already at the start line, and that's already a test for how yeah. you would probably do yep. on sea because you've taken yes. already so many blows. I mean, for I, sure, not only mentally from from the pandemic, but physically for. for myself for the operation and then you still get to the start line and still manage to uh you know raise the funds and to get there and to set off and it's so amazing i mean 
unfortunately, it's normally a party in Lego Marriott when you set off and arrive, but with <laughs> no, the pandemic, no. we didn't have, no, it was very, no. very... Bye. Um, yeah, it was... It was <laughs> the it, <laughs> exactly, it was, it was a bit like... <laughs> yeah, with a face mask on. So it was... Um, I mean, but it was just so good to be there and yeah. just to um, to make it happen and make it reality. I mean, you worked so hard to for nearly two years to get to the start yeah. line, and there you are, setting so, off. Yeah, uh, I'm in gonna your own bubble. Um, I'm gonna uh, pause us for a moment, and uh, well, we're gonna take a break. And when we come back, I want to hear. We'll go into a deep dive around the routine and what that was like for those sure. 52 days. Now, listeners. If you want to find out more about Bella, you can find her on LinkedIn, Bella Evers. That's B-E-L-A-E-V-E-R-S. Or you can go directly to her website. How do you pronounce your website, Bella? Saizum. Saizum. C-Y-Z-O-O-M. N-L. Yes. So C-Y-Z-0, no, O-O-M dot N-L. That's it. And, um... When, if you, oh, oh, and I guess one other thing I want to say to you listeners, if you are ready to take your superhero partner powers into the next decade, feel free to join me for my online leadership presence course. You can find details on my website, carolcoaching.com. When we come back, we'll be hearing more from Bella. Stay tuned. You're listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll podcast on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you have colleagues, family members, or neighbors that just drive you crazy sometimes? Do you occasionally find yourself feeling disrespected, mistreated, or annoyed by others? As a no-nonsense communication coach, trainer, speaker, and author, Amy Carroll may have a solution for you. For over 35 years, Amy has studied status and power dynamics, what sabotages relationships, results, and how to get desired outcomes in business and personal interactions. Make Your Partner Look Good is a philosophy from improvisational theatre, as well as Amy's favourite mantra. For the last 20 years, she has been using her superhero powers to inspire individuals and multinationals around the globe to transform their communication and tap into their own partner powers. With concrete behaviour changes in voice, body language, words and attitude, Amy shows clients what to keep and what to change to get more of what you want more often with less hassle. Visit carolcoaching.com today. That's C-A-R-R-O-L-L coaching.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. We want participation from you feel free to send an email to amy at carolcoaching.com. Now, back to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Here again is Amy. Welcome back. My guest today is Bella Evers, sustainability, digital transformation consultant, startup innovation coach, Atlantic Ocean rower, speaker, and motivational mentor. Okay, so Bella, we were talking about your big adventure of uh, rowing across the Atlantic. And now that we've got you at the start line, give us the details of what that routine looked like for all of you. 
So we had a routine of two hours on and two hours off. So two rowers were rowing while the other two were resting in either side of the, the boat. So there's a cabin on either side of the boat where you can rest, sleep, eat, uh, refresh yourself while the other two are rowing. And then you'd swap every two hours. And that was a continuous routine day in, day out, night, day, rain, sun, whatever. You just kept on going. Uh, and that's a kind of a routine that um, that is recommended by the organization as well wow. for yeah, teams of four. Um, you also have teams that are uh, with two or uh, three uh, teammates and also solo rowers as well. Um, so we actually had quite an, uh, uh, I'd say, a luxury position compared to a solo rower, yeah. um, but it's still very intensive. And we had a lack of sleep. Um so even in the two hours off, off, you still had to eat, uh, refresh yourself, wobble to the other side of the, the boat and use the bucket as your, your, your lavatory and try and stay on as, as best you could without being knocked off. Um, Did you ever get knocked into the water? <laughs> no, no, not into the water. Um, but that some of the waves were so tricky that it was very difficult to stay on the bucket. Um, but, uh, there was a a time where, uh, I was nearly knocked off. Uh, and that was actually the only time where I thought, wow, this is kind of a tricky moment, a hairy moment that we had. Um, so there was a big wave in the middle of the night, uh, like three, four meters high, uh, a big white foam wall that was approaching us parallel to the boat and the whole boat just tipped on its side and uh, I was pushed up the seat onto the rollings uh, and I was luckily still in the boat uh, and you're always harnessed on the boat so I even see. if you were taken off the boat you would always be harnessed on the boat so it's the, that's your kind of your safety line okay um, but that was once that had happened and the boat kind of uh, got back into position I knew that the boat could take a lot so there were hairy moments of you know, getting out of the boat, but luckily the boat stayed upright. And even if it did um, uh, go under, it would turn back up, up I again. See. So as long as the doors are closed, and otherwise uh-huh. it would stay, <laughs> which was, uh, yeah, something that you had to keep uh, track of and making sure doors are closed and you're always lined on. So there's always a safety protocol in that mm-hmm. sense. Um, it sounds yeah. like the right after that experience, seeing that the boat maintained its its capacity, that it sounds like you had more confidence even after that point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you'd be rowing in the dark. You couldn't see anything coming your way besides if it was a white foam wall that you'd see, but that's about it. And then it's like, you just hope for the best. And yeah. once you've had that first experience, the first the first week was actually hell in that sense. Wow. Um, because you have to recover from seasickness. Right. Uh, you're getting really bad blisters on your fingers. Uh, mm-hmm. You don't have an appetite for food. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get into this rhythm two hour on, two hour off. You're having lack of sleep. Uh, probably at nighttime, you only have like three shifts in which you sleep about an hour and 15 minutes. 15 minutes each time only during the night. So you have about four, five, four hours sleep max. Yeah. Um, and the first week is totally getting used to the whole situation. 
I mean, I went through a period where I thought, oh gosh, you know, I, I could feel my, my weight shedding off my, my body. I think I must have lost at least three, four kilos in the first week. Wow. Only because I could just see it just, I, I could just see, started to see the bones on me. I thought, no, right. this is not good. I have to eat. Eat right. as your fuel. Yeah. And you had to eat uh, 60 kilocalories off your body weight. So I had about 3,000 kilocalories that I had to eat, calories that I had to eat per day. Uh, and, you know, my teammate had about 4,000 she needed to eat per day. You had to keep the fuel going. Yeah. Uh, and otherwise you'd kind of go into this kind of spiral of not being able to make it. So food, nutrition, and hygiene was important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, and, and just getting used to that first week. And then afterwards, you your body, it's amazing how your body actually gets into a flow. It's mm-hmm. It kind of, it, it it kind of like I would say we're like robots in that sense, but we we can just get into this flow, and you just need to give it time, and and then it kind of balances itself out. Even sleep the first week was, you know, just having that that short sleep to like started to lead to hallucinations. Yeah, <laughs> I did see the craziest craziest of things like you know cows grazing on on, on the side. It was like, oh. okay. <laughs> anybody else see that cow? Oh my, my gosh. gosh. Yeah. Wow. So it's like weird stuff and like traffic lights in the middle of the sea. It's like, mm. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, the first week was a bit spooky in that sense, getting used to a lot of stuff. Um, mm. And then we balanced out and then we started, you know, really also really enjoying it. I mean, the first week, absolutely. But then we started to get into a flow and uh, yeah, got into that routine which was great. And, you know, you shared a couple of uh, memorable experiences, scary experiences. Are there some other ones that, yeah, that you can think of it to share? Well, that's, that was there, that has, there have to be scary one. ones. The more, the more, just memorable. Oh, uh, good or bad. <laughs> they can be good. We're, we're, we heard I mean, some scary I ones. Have, uh, the scary ones. Uh, that was the scariest. It's like rowing For in the sure. dark. It's like, it's like so like you just didn't know what was going to happen and if you're going to go under um but I actually for me it was like you know I, I experienced it differently than a, a teammate so you could see like fear in mm. a teammate's eyes and that was actually kind of it kind of brought things home to you it's like gosh you know how deep someone can be in such a situation and it kind of that moved me I also had a a colleague of mine who colleague, my teammates who um, showed signs of delirium and um, totally not knowing what, you know, where, where she was. And that was scary. I think the emotions that the other person would show was for me kind of touching scary. It's like, it, this is serious stuff, you know, maybe not in my eyes, but also in, uh, uh, in, in the well-being for other people. Um, and you do this as a team, so it's 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 a team effort, and you try and get you know people back on the right. same line and get people back into the flow. And that yeah, that was kind of a a, 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 a challenge uh, to get everybody on the same wavelength yeah. and to to make sure that everyone's well being was was looked after. Um, mm-hmm. So that was important mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So that's another kind of responsibility we all had for Did each you- other. Did you each have uh, 
we, I'm sure you share responsibilities. Were there some responsibilities that were unique to each one of you? Yeah, we kind of divided the roles uh, before setting out to understand, you know, what, what uh, everybody was interested in or good at. Uh, so I was looking after a lot of the, the uh, equipment. So we had a, a navigation auto helm, uh, auto navigation. So I was looking after a lot of that, the solar panels that would provide us energy to operate the, the, the water maker. Oh, that was uh, going to be one of my questions. Yeah, so we <laughs> had fresh water through the water maker uh, that was pumping the salt water into fresh water. Got it. Um, So that was my responsibility. Someone else had, uh, you know, uh, all the the ropes and all the the knots tying and that kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, Someone responsible for the water maker itself, someone responsible for the navigation route. Uh, So we all had different tasks and it was just, it was, it fell nicely into into place. Yeah. Um, But the, the equipment did let us down. I mean, I saw I had a lot of, so my free time was spent calling, uh, you know, the suppliers. Uh, <laughs> Tech support. <laughs> so, um, well, my location. Um. <laughs> Something like that. So, they didn't yeah, hang up uh, on you. So we had, I mean, if you talk about you know, what, what kind of memory memories do you have? So from the, uh, the memories of, you know, the well-being, but also the, the, the memories of, of, of equipment failing was like. Yeah, some big setbacks. Time. We had setback after setback. It was, and we just didn't know what was going to happen next. It was becoming such a routine, like the gods were against us. So we had to. <laughs> it was. We started off having problems with our auto navigation, so mm-hmm. that was important to keep root. Uh, then we had problems with the solar panels that they weren't charging, so we were being very, um, say. Uh, efficient with our yeah mm-hmm. with our uh, energy use. Then we had problems with our ore gates; they bent, so the where our ores were being um, uh, leaning on, they bent totally. Oh my uh, we had problems with our water maker that broke down completely, so we had to cut the whole system. We ha- hacked it, so I was like on the phone and trying to get it repaired <laughs> together with my uh, my rowing mate. Uh, it took us about a day, day and a half. We think, oh no, if we don't get the water maker to uh, get repaired, we'd have to hand pump the rest of the way. And that okay. made, in in your pores, it still needs to do a lot of work. Bella, so I, we had I, loads of problems, and then the worst thing. Oh, was, wait a bit before you tell me the worst thing, because I have to know: have people already approached you to make a film out of this? We have got a little <laughs> documentary. Oh, good. And who, do, oh, because I was going to ask who are you going to have play you? <laughs> you <laughs> I'll have to do it all over again. Excuse me, I'll do it. Uh, you would do it yourself. Maybe you'd like to do it, Amy. No, no, uh, I didn't mean that. <laughs> I meant for you to choose yourself. <laughs> you don't have to pay an actress. I'll do it. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, all right. So go back. You were going to tell us the worst thing. The worst thing was when our auto navigation totally uh, gave up on us. And I had to break the news to the, the, the crewmate and their faces just sunk. And the whole atmosphere really sunk. And you could feel that resistance as well. But, yeah. you know, you know you have no choice. That meant we'd have to hand steer. And, you know, you know, doing that at night, it's not everybody's cup of tea. I didn't mind it so much. And, you know, you got the stars. But, you know, people had to get used to the new norm. So you have to get used to a new norm. And 
you have expectations, you have films, you try and prepare, but you can't. And like like you were saying, can you prepare for this? No, you can't. You know, you have so much thrown at you. You just, right. the, the, the only way to, to prepare is to do it. <laughs> That's learning right. by doing. Right, right. So we had to hand steer for nearly half, half of our journey. And that oh. was extra work instead of having a rest. So you're doing an extra shift oh, of, my God. of steering. And that was pretty tough. So Holy it, smokes. It, it means you just don't sleep that much. Yeah, it's more intensive. Oh, yeah. And, yes. you know, uh, uh, one of the things, and I, and it, based on what you've told me, all these setbacks, I am fascinated by human nature and how we handle ourselves under pressure. And I can imagine this may have brought up conflicts how did you handle the conflicts assuming they did arise? A uh, great question. And um, yeah, everyone would assume that would be the case. I mean, you're in a small boat, eight meters by one and a half, four ladies, you know, you, there's no place, there's hardly any privacy. Um, and there was a couple of conflicts with two of the teammates, but you know, we knew the other two knew myself and the other team knew that would kind of subside. And the funny thing is, is that, you know, you have your two hour shift, then you go into your cabins. And then when you come back out again, it's okay. Uh. It's like, we appreciate or that, you know, having a kind of a balance in the boat is important. One, thing. Yeah. Um, but you no, know, and, and those hand guides that I talked about, that's also important because you already know, I already knew like, you know, things will sizzle out. So it's, it's like, you know, things would be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those, those two hours back in the cabin really helped. But what was really good is that talking about communication, uh, we used to have a little bit of kind of a stand up every, every day or every other day. <laughs> A check-in, should I say? Oh, oh I was going to say like a comedy routine. Or- <laughs> no, no, not that kind of standard, but like a, a yeah, a check-in. Oh, um, cool. So before it got to an escalation, so right. you'd have like 10, 15 minutes in the morning where everybody would be awake and say, okay, how do you feel? You know, what's up? Uh, what's the irritation? Or are you happy or sad? Yeah. And, and let everybody know. It's like being open with your feelings. Yes. If you keep them subsided, that's when things go wrong. Yeah. Because then you might trigger somebody's emotion in a more, you know, uh, at, a, at a bad time. But if you talk about, yeah, I'm not feeling totally comfortable, that you know right. something's playing, that, that helps in how you approach that person. So I'm hearing um, you set it up so you were proactively inviting an opportunity for people to air their concerns, frustrations, or just, you know, a or happiness or yeah, yeah, all the positive things, you know, where, where they're at in that moment, um, which is so brilliant. You know, again, I, this is, a, I'm also a big fan of this one for couples, you know, the let's <laughs> right, honey, let's have a complaint session. Okay. For the next 20 minutes. And even if you think there's nothing, you know, you usually find something and then it doesn't get to build up. That's you know, the, the resentment, it's hard for the resentment to, to take hold. To understand where, where that person's in. Uh, it's just having that little bit of empathy in that, in that whole process. Uh, you can really see it from your own perspective, but until you don't get under the skin of somebody else, you'll never know. Right. I mean, how many times do we, you know, ask somebody, you know, how are you? And then like, 
you only get like a surface level answer. But when you start really giving a, a podium to them to really air how they feel, then yeah. you understand how that person is. I mean, yeah. nine out of 10 times people say, I'm okay, fine. But to give that podium, to give that space. Yeah. I have one more big question to ask you because I, I know we're starting to run out of time, though I have to know little little things. You carried all your food with you. Yes. Did you fish? No, unfortunately, no. no. Wasn't sure how that worked. But we did get flying fish on board, so the fish did come on board. (laughs) Um, But then you throw them back in again. No, we didn't fish. We just had these freeze-dried meals uh, with hot water, and that was our meals with snacks and those Mm -hmm. kind of things. So Mm -hmm. food was great, Um, and, yeah, we'd get the odd visit from fish, but nothing (laughs) edible enough. (laughs) And did you have much contact or any contact with family yeah, we had uh, a satellite phone, but we agreed as a team just to contact home once a week. Nice. Uh, wow. That's yeah, we could have done more, but mm. it's actually good because uh, the more you start thinking and being yep. in, you're, you're not on the boat. No. Nope. You're, you're not there in, in the presence. Uh, so having that one once a week contact was brilliant. Yeah. But you just, just can't explain how you feel. It, it was like you're talking like you're off a big wave and wow, you know, you can't share that enthusiasm. You can yeah. share it, but it's just so different when you're right. out there. Um, right. But it was great just to have that, that, that uh, contact on the home front. And I love how you thought that through yeah. the, you know, the impact of that. Yeah. So my last question is like, knowing you've gone through this experience, it must have had a profound change on either how you see life or um, how you operate or maybe what you pass on to your clients. So I'm so curious to hear um, what you see as the um, the impact it's had now that there's been a year since your original journey ended. Yeah, the impact it's had on me. Uh, it's, it's to be, yeah, it, to be appreciative of the small things. I mean, we lived a real simple life. It was gorgeous. I mean, the sunsets, the sunrise, the the, the star nights, the the nature. We saw whales. I mean, it, it made me appreciate the planet even more. I mean, I was already a nature lover, but this like brought it into perspective. And you have a very simple reference point, and to be very happy with little is was the biggest giveaway uh, uh, just say take back for me mm-hmm. um but also and a humbling experience but also giving others the opportunity to uh want to go for their goals so you know you want to pass it on pass it mm-hmm. forward mm-hmm. um um yeah and, and in terms of having more patience as well i think that's also something that it's taught me i mean i've, I've had to have a lot of patience and you know we talk about resilience and you have to be resilient but it's you know, it's, it's ongoing. Resilience is ongoing every day. You know, you, you, you're going through life's ups and downs. I mean, it was just bigger out there on the ocean. Yeah. Um, so that it, may, it makes you tougher, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a very humbling experience. Yeah, there's a lot of gratitude and thankfulness that you are able to do it because, yeah. you know, we take a lot of things for granted. I mean, this is massive. I mean, you can choose anything small, you know, as, as long as you know you do something in your life and can look back and say, yeah, that, that's a, a, an amazing experience and, you know, a, a gratifying experience. Yeah. You 
you've started off by saying more gratitude for the planet. Yeah. And it made me think of something I heard a, a guy who was being interviewed and he's an astronaut. And he said it was real, you know, he always appreciated the planet, though. It was when he was, I believe, uh, maybe had landed on the moon looking back or maybe was in a satellite looking back on the Earth, that that where is where the point, you know, the humbleness overtook him and the appreciation, the gratitude for the planet. And to know that you were able to have perhaps a similar experience by going through this journey. Um, it's so cool. That is, yeah, it kind of brings me back nearly a two, in the sense that you, we can fly across the Atlantic Ocean, but, you know, just to do it with your own physical body strength, it's just, yeah, and to see the planet in its full beauty, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. 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 Well, Bella, this has been really delightful. And I, I, I'm feeling really inspired listening to this and also wondering, you know, what, what could be another what, a challenge for me? I won't be rowing across the Atlantic. There might be other things out there for me. Yeah. So listeners, if you want to get in touch with Bella, you can reach her either on LinkedIn Bella Evers, B-E-L-A-E-V-E-R-S, or her website, C-Y-Z-O-O-M dot L-N-L for Netherlands. And she's also on Twitter, Bella Vision. That's a great, great Twitter handle. And listeners, if you want to send me your communication conundrums, clashes, challenges, mishaps, blunders, successes, via email or social media, I'm going to read them. I'll discuss them on future shows and you can email me directly, amy at carolcoaching.com. That's two R's, two L's. Now, that was my call for action. Bella, do you have a specific call for action that you want to offer to listeners? Call for action. Go for your dreams. Mm. Life is too short. It's maybe a, a, a phrase too often said, but it really is the moment yeah. to go for it. Yeah, Absolutely. Thank you for that. Listeners, be sure to switch on, tune in, listen up, and be inspired next month. I'm going to be interviewing Terry Real. I had the pleasure of interviewing Terry last year about his book, The New Rules of Marriage. In this interview, we're going to be talking about his newest book, published by Goop Press, Penguin House, or Penguin Random House Publishing. And the book title is Us, Getting Past You and Me to Build a More Loving Relationship. I've had a sneak peek and it is full of inspiration. So be sure to tune in for that. You can check out more information on my website, carolcoaching.com. Feel free to connect with me on my social media channels, Amy Carol Coaching. And Bella, thank you again. It's been a wonderful conversation. Thank you very much, Amy. I've uh, enjoyed it immensely and uh, wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. You have been listening to Partner Up with Amy Carol podcast on the Voice America Business Channel and happy partnering, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Join Amy for another edition next time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, make it a great week. And remember, make your partner look good.